that the presence of the Lord is here and just, just to be in the presence of God as we're with each other? Isn't that great? Yeah. And you know, God, man, magnificent. Summer has begun. Amen. Amen. Listen, we are continuing our series in, um, on the Holy Spirit, the role and the work of the Holy Spirit. So for those of you who are joining us by Facebook Live, welcome. It's always exciting to have you with us. Um, I will tell you today that uh, I had already had the message laid out for this week. And I've been meditating and marinating and letting it just soak in and just really feeling comfortable with, you know, this is what the Lord would have me do. I was going to continue talking about the gifts of the Spirit and just lay out the gifts for the Spirit. And yesterday, oh, early in the morning, it's like the Holy Spirit said, stretch you a little bit. And I'm going to have you teach something entirely different. And so the Holy Spirit is stretching me into my comfort zone. People say, we stretch me out of my comfort zone. No, no. He stretched me into who he has called me to be, which is the sweet spot of his will for me. That's exactly where I want to be. And that's exactly where every one of us need to be. Amen. So we're going to talk today about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do first is I want to tell you that there is a difference between being baptized in the Holy Spirit or baptized with the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a big difference. You guys ready? I'm totally dependent on you, God. Totally. Make this clear. Make this crystal clear. The word baptism in the Greek means to immerse. It means it's, a, it's an act of identification. When something is, was baptized in the Old Testament, they often would use cloth, clothing, and they would immerse it in some kind of dye solution so that the, the material would go down one color. It would be identified as one color going down. And when it would come back up, it would be identified as an entirely different color. That's what it means to be baptized. It means to be immersed in. It means to, to be transformed. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a statement of identification. It's a statement that we have been identified as part or members of the body of Christ. No longer walking in this world lost in sin. But we have been transformed and re-identified as kingdom kids. Sons and daughters of the Most High God, heirs and joint heirs of Jesus Christ, we have been given a new identity because of the Holy Spirit who now makes his home in us. 
He identifies us as members of the body of Christ. Paul writes for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. He says, it is God who establishes us with you in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. And has anointed us. And he has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. The Holy Spirit comes brings our spirits alive, connects us with the Spirit of God, gives us a brand new identity, and now we identify as kingdom kids, as followers of Jesus Christ. That is, that is the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And that's why the Bible says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve not the Holy Spirit wherewith or in with or through or by with you are sealed into the day of redemption. Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. He changes us, makes us one, baptizes us into the body of Christ. You guys with me so far? Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, he says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves are free. We're all made to drink of one spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, don't miss this now. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is our seal of salvation. He is the one that brings the assurance that we are now followers of Jesus Christ because of our surrendering our lives to Jesus. He is the seal. So what's the difference between baptism and being filled with the Spirit? We get baptized in the Spirit once. We get baptized in the Spirit one time. We are always being filled with the Spirit. We are baptized in the Spirit one time. That is at our point of conversion. Our point of surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our point of regeneration by the Holy Spirit. We are baptized in the Holy Spirit into the kingdom of God one time. But then we are always, for the rest of our lives, through the process of being filled by the Spirit of God. Hmm. One baptism, many fillings. I come from a denomination that I'm still very, very closely acquainted with. My roots are there. And I love some of the processes within the doctrine because it draws men and women closer to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and hungry, makes them hungry for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. But this particular denomination believes that there is a second impartation of the Holy Spirit. In other words, when you embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are saved. But the Holy Spirit comes as a result of you doing some things. Cleaning up your life. Abstaining from the sins of the flesh. 
seeking the, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what will separate you from the will of God so that you can be filled, everybody say filled, with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and okay, this is kind of comical, but it's true. And back in the day, man, whew, there's some truth to this too. You know, when somebody's been walking with God for a long time, it doesn't take you long in conversation to know if they've been walking with God for a long time, does it? You ever come up on a person before you even get engaged in conversation with them really good, you can tell by your spirit that this person has been walking with God for a while. You ever had that happen to you? Yeah? You guys with me? Okay. So back in the day, everybody say back in the day. Back in the day, we used to have to tarry for the Holy Spirit. And what that meant was, was you had to deny everything that you thought would keep you from the fullness of God. Fast and pray and tarry on the altar. And you had some of the old mothers and some of the old pastors who recognized or could discern the difference between a spirit. Okay, here I go. This is what, here I go. See, God's spirit is holy. And if I'm full of the Holy Spirit, if I say full, full, if I'm full of the Holy Spirit, that leaves no room for any helly spirits. I, I believe it's possible some people might be baptized in the heli ghost. Because listen, because, because, the fruit of the Spirit, whatever spirit you're carrying, will be evident. And so these old mothers and, and, and old pastors would look at you and they go, you ain't got it. They would tell you, you ain't got it. And then they would tell you when you got it. I believe that barometer was a little off. I believe that the moment that you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are regenerate in that moment. But where they had it right is Jesus tells us, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. And I watch people with vices in their life tarry for the Holy Spirit, start to shed off everything that was not Christ-like. And at the end, when they were filled with the filled with the Holy Spirit, they were an entirely different person. <laughs> we are baptized once. We are constantly being filled with the Spirit. Now, I don't find a second impartation in the scripture. Let's talk about tongues. I've been waiting to dive into this. I just want to bring some clarity on tongues today. I'm going to give you clarity as I see it in Scripture and as I've experienced it in Scripture. Yours might be a little different. And I'm open to answer any question you may have, but not today because I got the mic. But you, you can feel free to call me anytime. I'll answer any question you have. 
Just because you're baptized in the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that you're full of the Holy Spirit. See, you can, man, okay, here we go. I have known people to give their life to Jesus and until they surrender something to the authority of the Holy Spirit, that thing keeps them from being full of the Holy Spirit. I see a whole lot of you nodding your heads. See, our conversion experience, at that moment that we convert and become followers of Jesus Christ, we stand justified in the righteousness of Christ. We are baptized in the Holy Spirit. But there are subsequent fillings that come as a result of us pressing into the kingdom things. Mm. Go with me to the book of Acts. I'll set this up by going to the book of Acts. Chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Uh, listen, I can sense already some of y'all just shouting in your spirit. Like, oh, praise God, Acts chapter 2, the, the day of Pentecost. <laughs> when the day of, everybody there, chapter 2, verse 1? When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came a sound. There came from heaven a sound like a rushing mighty wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And, it, and divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were also dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered. Let me tell you what I believe happened in this. See, Jesus, I'll talk about this a little more, a little later. Jesus had made the statement, I need you to go to Jerusalem and I need you to wait there until you are, until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And when he does, something's going to happen to you. He's going to baptize you and you're going to be an entirely different person. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I believe that what happened is as they were in this place in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit came. Boom! And people all over were what in the world was that? And I think I might have said this before. J- just as you would, if you saw an explosion, better yet, you know, you ever, you ever drive down the road and you see like big black smoke billowing out of, out of some place? Your mind tells you, I wonder what's going on over there. Maybe I should go check it out, doesn't it? Or oh, I'm the only person that does that. <laughs> Right? You want to go see what's going on? I believe in much the same way. Back in the day when the Holy Spirit landed, they had never heard anything like that before. What is that? Because then if you continue on down, you see that there were people from all over the place. Verse, uh, I'll just go to verse 5. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in their own language. 
And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own, each of us in our own language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia. I didn't say that right. Was that Rob? Thank you. Egypt and other parts of Libya belonging to Serene and the visitors of Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Christians and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God, and they were amazed. When the Holy Spirit landed, the, baptiz- the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when it landed in that day, was that this miraculous thing called tongues happened, and everybody started hearing people speak in their own language, and they were like, okay, I say it like this. They're like, that dude's a black person. There's no way in the world that he should know Korean or Japanese or Filipino or Hmong. You following me? There's no way in the world that he should be that fluent. We hear everyone speaking in our own language. And it was a miracle. And that was a sign of the gift of the Holy Spirit being delivered to God's people. You guys with me? I believe, I believe that the gift of tongues is for every believer. But I also know that not every believer will speak in tongues. I pray in tongues. How many of you pray in tongues? I pray in tongues. Listen, because I pray in tongues doesn't make me superior to you in your walk with God. Tongues just happens to be the language of my spirit. Because you don't pray in tongues doesn't make you inferior to someone who prays in tongues. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you whether you speak in tongues or not. And it doesn't make you inferior to anyone. It may not be the language of your spirit. Tongues just happens to be the language of my spirit. I can pray in tongues when when I can't verbalize with my natural mind what it is I want to say. My spirit wells up and begins to pray in ways that, that the Holy Spirit understands because the Holy Spirit gave me the language to begin with. I get filled. That's my language when I'm praying in tongues. Some of you might get filled with the Holy Spirit taking a walk in nature. That might be your language. That might be your gift that God gave you. You guys with me? Is that pretty clear? So we're all baptized into one flesh, one spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
<laughs> but just because you're baptized with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that you're filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit, watch this now. To be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled or dominated by the presence and the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. To be filled, about to say filled. filled. To be filled, y'all didn't say it like you really meant it. I need some feedback. <laughs> to be filled with the Spirit, I say filled. filled. To be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled or dominated by the presence, power, and influence of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18, I'm reading this out of the New Century Version because I like the way it reads. Do not be drunk with wine which will ruin you, but be filled with the Spirit. <laughs> Speak to each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making music in your hearts, if I say hearts, to the Lord. Hmm. I got ahead of myself. Earlier I said tongues is the language of my spirit, remember? When you have time this week, I want you to read all of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And in that passage, you find Paul talking about the gift of tongues. Because tongues in the, in the church in Corinth had become the thing in the church. You was truly holy if you spoke in tongues. And Paul was... I'm just gonna paraphrase. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna paraphrase it. Paul was saying, "Listen, I would much rather speak a word of prophecy that edifies the entire church than to speak tongues and nobody knows what I'm saying because the tongues don't edify me. Tongues don't edify God or the church. They edify me." And then Paul goes on to say, "Listen, there are times." Where, where I pray in tongues more than all of you. But I'd rather in the church, in a church setting, receive a word of prophecy that's good for the entire body than to pray in tongues. Now listen, I've walked into situations. I know about situations where you walk in and the music is bumping. Y'all know what bumping is? Bumping is like rocking. People like jumping and shouting and whoa thinking that's good i love it i love being in a service like you cannot be in a service like that and just be overcome overwhelmed and then everybody starts praying in tongues at the same time loud and one day i walked in i said now if i was an outsider huh if i didn't know anything about the move of the Spirit of God, I would think these people are crazy. And Paul talks about that in the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians. So read that when you have a chance. Back to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine, which will ruin you, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak to each other with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music to your heart, or in your heart to the Lord. Be 
be fully dominated and controlled and under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So Paul is saying here. <laughs> Raise your hand if you've been saved all your life. Let me, let me, let me, let me see your hand. I didn't think so. You've been saved all your life? No, don't say it. We'll talk about it later, Jacob. I don't know about you, but I ain't been saved all my life, man. And I didn't, I, I didn't used to drink. I used to drink. There's a big difference between drinking and drinking. <laughs> huh? And I see a bunch of y'all shaking your head like, yeah. I used to drink to get drunk, y'all. I didn't used to drink just, you know, because I enjoyed a little glass of wine over dinner. You know, I used to drink to get drunk. That's why I met Pelzetta, I'm telling on myself. <laughs> but, but one night, and, and, and back in the day, I had a good friend of mine named Russell Sy. Russell was a cool dude, man. And Russell and I used to shadow box all the time. You guys know what shadow boxing is? You know, the guys know what I'm talking about. Well, you know, you, you fighting with each other. You're like, oh, oh, I just got you, bro. You know, and Russell had hands, right? That means he could, like, he could, he could, he could throw down. And I could throw down, too. Back in the day when I was a little younger, I could throw down, man. You know, so, so Russell and I, we was like neck and neck all the time because he was fast and, you know, I was strong and I was fast, too. And, and one night I got drunk. And the power of that alcohol, that spirit took over. And I was no longer able to control my abilities. But I was under the influence of that alcohol. So I stood up. I said, Russell. That's how you talk when you're drunk. You know, Russell, let's go, bro. You know, he's like, man, I, I, I don't want to fight you, man. I said, he's, I don't want to do that bad. G, you drunk. I said, oh, no, man, let's go. And I remember like it was yesterday, and this was 35 years ago, 37 years ago, 38 years ago, 39 years ago. <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long time. It's a long time ago. I remember like yesterday watching Russell's fist come back from my face. He's a, and he had a big old smile on his face. Like, and I couldn't even block it. I thought, I, I mean, you know, the spirits had me. And I had lost all of my ability to control myself because I was drunk in the spirits, the alcohol spirits. Let me be clear on that. Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, which leads to some serious problems, even ruin. He says, be overcome. Be, be, be be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Be drunk in the Spirit so that the Holy Spirit takes control of you, much like that alcohol when you are drunk takes control, and you cannot operate in your own ability. Paul says, be totally under his influence. Let his presence override your abilities and your actions to where now everything you do, you're doing in his power and not your own. Come on, somebody. Listen, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the spiritual gifts will automatically come out in the church. And they'll flow in our lives.
Jesus says it this way, and I'm going to wrap this up. You guys get anything out of this? Turn with me to John chapter 7. Drop down to verse 37. Jesus says this. He says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now watch verse 39. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were yet to receive. For the Holy Spirit has, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. You believe in me, as the Scripture has said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I was going to use the illustration today about a hose versus a, versus a bucket. A bucket's like a reservoir. And, and a bucket is designed to hold things in, hold water in, to contain something. It is a container. And some people liken the Holy Spirit as to a container and that our lives, our hearts are like reservoirs for the Holy Spirit. And we, when we contain the Holy Spirit, I think that's a good illustration, but I don't think that's the best illustration. Then I was going to bring in a hose and I was going to put a spigot at the end of the hose and I was just going to pretend like I was going to turn it on and the hose was clear so that you could see everything that runs through that hose. And anything that runs through that hose, if it's water, for example, the hose benefits from it because the hose gets wet with the flow of the water through it. And in much the same way, when our lives are open like a hose to, to, the, to the will and the work of the Holy Spirit, He comes in, transforms our lives, cleans us up, renews us, helps us to live a transparent <coughs> life. Hmm. And even more so, he helps us to live a life God wants to show off in us, you guys. The Holy Spirit wants to show off in us. I'll keep moving. But we're arrested in this illustration of out of our bellies will flow, out of our hearts will flow rivers of living water. Have you ever heard of an aquifer? An aquifer is a body of water, often a large body of water, that is contained underneath the surface of the earth. And often this aquifer is, is what's, what's considered an uncontained 
body of water, meaning that there are several sources that feed into this, this body of water that you can't see, but it is clearly under, it is clearly there. And many, many people dig wells down and tap into that aquifer, and the supply of that water in that aquifer remains fresh. And watch this. It is limitless. In much the same way, I believe that's what Jesus was describing when he said, if you believe in me, as the scripture has said, out of your heart will flow aquifers of living water. An endless supply of living water. Streams of living water that finds its headwater in me. You guys know what a headwater is? A headwater is where it's the, it's the beginning point of all streams and rivers and stuff like that. There's a beginning point. Our beginning point for the endless stream of living water that we find through the power of the Holy Spirit begins with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me close with this. How can we remain filled with the Holy Spirit? How can we remain filled with the Holy Spirit? The late great Reverend Billy Graham says that being filled and remaining filled with the Holy Spirit can be summarized in three terms. Here's the first one, understanding. We must grow to understand that the Holy Spirit is with us and he is in us, and he supplies every single thing that we need as followers of Jesus Christ by his power. And to that end, we must seek to guard his access to our lives and protect his access to our lives so that his flow of his spirit can freely move in and out of our lives as he deems necessary. Amen? The second term is submission. The, proof, the foolproof way to be controlled and dominated by the Holy Spirit is to, is to place and keep Christ as the centerpiece of our life. To live a Christ-centered life and not a self-centered life. Let me say that again. To live a Christ-centered life and not a self-centered life because only then will we be able to operate in total submission to the daily guidance of the Holy Spirit. And then here's a third. When we are yielded to God, we must learn to walk by faith. Not by what we see, not by our experiences, but we need to learn to walk by faith faith. Stand with me. I want to close on this final point because I believe it's important. There are those of you who have a relationship with God your relationship with Jesus has been deepening.
but your awareness and your awareness that the Holy Spirit is really speaking to you more than you've ever given him credit for. And you're aware of it now and, and you want to press into what it is he's saying to you so you can learn how to surrender to him daily and learn how to walk in obedience to his will. It takes faith, man. It takes faith to stretch into things that you cannot see, but you feel this prompting in your spirit to do. You got to walk by faith. At a point of vulnerability, I'll tell you, man, I, I said it earlier today, I, I love making sure that I've got my, my messages straight and, you know, uh, my three points and, and all my illustrations. I mean, I, I have operated like that for years, Rob. But I'm telling you, I am walking in faith in this. And I believe that God is going to continue to show up in greater and greater ways as I do. There are many of you right now, you're at a point in your life where you need to step out in faith on something. You believe that you're hearing from the Holy Spirit and he's telling you to do something. He's telling you, step out on faith. Step out on faith. Not just step out on it, but walk in it. You have what you need because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Father, thank you for this word today. I pray that everything that was said honors you, glorifies you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, awaken the words that were spoken through you today in the hearts of my brothers and sisters. And let it mean to them entirely what you, what you wanted it to mean to each person today who's here. In Jesus' name.